Friday Lunchtime Lectures at the Open Data Institute. This week, Jodith Stanton, founder of Atomic Data Labs, explores the challenges and moral questions surrounding the rise in personal health devices and how the data that they generate could be used to personalise healthcare. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Yodit. I run a software development company slash data management, data science company called Atomic Data Labs. And um, when I'm not hacking on software and data, I'm hacking on these, um, which is hardware, Arduino and um, Raspberry Pis and, and, and experimenting with Smart environments. Um, it's a it's a hobby that I involve my family in. <laughs> we have a project with my five-year-old called uh, "Quantifying Our Cat." We <laughs> we have we've switched um, the cat collar to a wearable sensor, so we ev most nights um, track what our adventures of, of the cat and sometimes she drops out of Wi-Fi range but we're trying to fix that <laughs> as well <laughs> gives a whole new meaning to like pet project <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um, and out of all of this has come out um, opensensors.io which is um, which is kind of a, a project of uh, a, a side project over the last six months um, and the reason for it is because most device data are, it should be kind of a big padlock, but it's locked up in, in um, proprietary servers. And um, they're not much use to anyone, um, especially not the public and individuals that generate them. Um, and when the data is actually open data, there's, 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 a, f there's a few council level open data for pollution and so on. But they're in CSV files, and they're published usually months after the event. And it doesn't, it's no use for application builders and for developers, and they're actually very hard to access. Uh, so we want to set the data free. We want to make it very easy to publish um, device data. We give people a TCP address, and um, that's it. They publish it, and then there's an API for a streaming API or a historical data sets. Um, and I'm amazed every day what people, um, people are, are doing and the projects that we're, we're getting approached with, most of it has, uh, has to do with health. Um, one project, a research project that's trialing um, the platform is to do with elder care and enabling people to live in their homes for as long as possible. So they've got custom-built um, home apartments and environments. They have around 20 apartments. And each apartment has a multitude of, of sensors and, and um, devices monitoring sleep, temperature, movement. And the end goal is to enable people to live in their homes for as long as possible. Um, they're not data people, so I bring in their data expertise and they bring in their medical knowledge. And one, like for example, one interesting pattern that we found was prior to, if you discount accidents, prior to almost all hospital admissions, the sleep patterns of people changed. 
And there's, and I, I mean, as, as a non-medical person, this is actually mind-blowing to me. Um, and when they came back into the homes um, after their treatments, the, the, the patterns regularized again. Okay, so this, I mean, this has, this is on for 20 apartments, I mean, one of which has a couple living in it, but, so it's not really statistically significant, but this has a huge implication for the NHS. And then the types of services that the NHS can, can offer. So if, if, if you can detect um, sleep patterns, then you, you know, it, it's much cheaper for your GP to call you and say, are you all right, let's come in and check your, your vitals. Um, another project um, is by a friend of mine, and he's, he has Parkinson's. And he is using a wearable sensor to um, track his tremors. But that in itself is not really very interesting. Um, what is interesting is if we can combine his, um, the data from his home, from his environment, and to see what the, um, if there are any correlations. So he, I mean, he, has, he has a PhD in machine learning. So this is, this is pretty much bread and butter to him. And he's got an interest in finding this out. But he, he's quite happy to share it with research companies. And he would like to be able to share it with his physio and his, and his GP. Maybe not all the data with his GP, but at least when it get, comes out of certain thresholds. Um, and at the moment, he can't do that. It's, it's, it's just, um, it's, it, it's been a very interesting discovery because I've come at this from a, as the name suggests, as an open um, data um, approach. But um, some things are private, and people don't want to feel like you're peering into their private lives. Um, so we have um, been exploring much with the help of the Open Data Institute, I have to say, and Jenny. <laughs> different models of how to solve this, this problem. Um, so in, the, in 2008, reading the privacy policies that you encounter in a year would take you 76 working days. In 2013, they estimate that that's doubled to 144. We are moving towards everything being embedded, from our toothbrushes to our um, smart meters and everything else, they're, they're coming in anyway. I mean, what is this going to look like in five years? And we really need to tackle this problem now rather than when, um, when we have completely lost the plot <laughs> on the issue. Um, the system is fundamentally broken. I mean, we need to find, um, it shouldn't be up to startup founders like myself to define um, to define the issue, and also it shouldn't, up to, it shouldn't be up to my morality when faced with funders and the, the kind of the salaries that I need to pay to actually determine what the approach is. So what I propose is perhaps a bill of rights, a user bill of rights um, that is all-encompassing. Um, we all have a framework to work towards, and users then can say, well. Um, I, I don't actually want to participate in this or I do want to participate and at least we have informed consent and we can't pretend that people reading on average uh, uh, terms and conditions has 4,000 words you know no, we, we all know that nobody reads this stuff but we are inferring consent from this um, so this is an open question should we have 
the Bill of Rights. And I would really like um, you guys to, to give me a bit of feedback. Another um, proposal is perhaps a code of conduct for data scientists. Um, actually, I can't take credit for this because Bruce, I, I don't know if he's here, but Bruce from Mastodon C proposed this. And I, um, I really, really like the idea of this. So if we take the example of the Association of um, Social Anthropologists of the UK, um, they have a very clear ethics guideline and how you deal with people, groups, and their data. Um, and this is the... This is the link to their ethics guide, but I'll, I'll, I'll read some snippets. But I really recommend um, for any wannabe data scientist that they read these ethics. Um, so it goes, uh, one aspect is protecting research participants and honoring trust. Um, avoiding unnecessary intrusion. I'm looking at you, marketing companies. If just because you can infer my sexuality or any other data from my Facebook account doesn't mean you should. And doesn't mean that you have a right to, even though you know there's some sort of inferred consent. Um, negotiating consent and making clear consent um, guides, rights to confidentiality and anonymity, um, and there's a line here that says care should not be taken, care should be taken not to infringe upon the private space of an individual or a group. Um, and I think this should be actually like. This should be applied to most stats and machine learning courses. Um, as we're processing tons and tons of individual data, this should really kind of, um, th this should be a framework. So I believe that data should be treated as property. So open data is communal, um, so like our parks. We can all use them, we can all um, enjoy them and, and, and extend them, but some, is private and just because we can extract data from um, data sources it doesn't mean that we own it as I mean just because I can write code it doesn't mean that I own the data generated by individuals um, so what we've well, what I've decided upon I say we um, is that publishers of the data can choose their data license so anyone can have um, publish their data as an open data uh, license, that would be great because others can, can use it, build applications upon it. But also some, some people, some things are private and it should be closed data. Or we also have um, anonymize me button. And it, so it could be an open data, but it's anonymized. Well, there's another kind of question about the standards of anonymization, but that's for another talk. Um, so I'd like to think, you know, I'd like to hear what you think. And if, if you think that I'm missing um, another vital component, please let me know. Um, the whole thing is, is in a state of flux at the moment, but it'd be great to have a conversation um, about the whole issue. And um, that's it. Please get in touch. There's my email address. Please feel free to get in touch. Um, any questions? Thank you very much. <laughs>